Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, if you're thinking about dinner, might as well think some barbecue. I can tell you the best barbecue spot in town, and I've tried a lot of them. I love Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. A lot of reasons. One, I love great smoked meats like brisket and Ribs are great. They smoke their meatloaf. They have a smoked corned beef Reuben, which is outrageously good. Uh, their sides, as good as you can get. Their mac and cheese is fantastic. And I've said many times, I don't like baked beans at all. Uh, but when they're they're loaded with like brisket, and they're loaded, well, not loaded with, but they have brisket, little pieces of brisket in there, and a little bit of pork, it just adds to the flavor of it. And we are in graduation season. If you want to have a graduation party, no better time to cater in. From Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew, you can find them in North Denver. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. Okay, Mace, uh, we haven't heard from John Elway on the Russell Wilson trade. Elway was at uh, Castle Pines today. He He was part of the festivities announcing the bmw championship is coming back to denver it's going to be at castle pines and uh, elway was asked about when he met russell wilson what he said to him i don't know there's been words of wisdom but i think that you know we're excited that he's in town there's no question i think he's uh you know the kind of the piece that we needed you know we had a good football team around him and i think that uh you know george did a tremendous job of putting that deal together and and getting him up here so i know it's it's great to see the the fan base energized again and we got a chance to compete in that AFC West, which obviously is going to be tough. But again, like anything, we got to stay healthy. And uh, we've had a tough time doing that the last several years. And so if we can say, stay healthy, you know, Russell's been there. He's won Super Bowls. He knows what it takes. And, you know, the leadership that he's providing is tremendous. Okay. <laughs> where, do we begin? where do we begin? I'll let you take it because I can say something, but I'll let you take the bullet for me as you criticize John Elway. Go ahead. Uh the reason the team had five consecutive losing seasons, the biggest reason was not injuries. They had some years they had above average injury totals. That's, that's true. They had also at least one year where they were below average in terms of injuries. It's a quarterback driven league and the Broncos were near the bottom for those years at quarterback. That's why they had five straight losing seasons. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this sounds like a column. Yeah. You could write an entire column it's, on just that one line. The thing is, if you say it's about the quarterback, if you're John Elway, then what you're saying is I was wrong on the moves you made at quarterback. And it's human nature to defend what you do, right? So I think that's part of part of it there can't bring yourself to say a case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, that Paxton Lynch, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler. These were whiffs. 
it's hard. It, it's hard. It's hard to have that self awareness to say that that every that just about every move that was made was was wrong at quarterback. I mean, I I, I say just about every move because Drew Locke for a second round pick has been about an average second round pick at quarterback. I don't call Drew Locke a bust. Some people do. I don't. But second round quarterbacks and lottery tickets. By the way, I don't have any inside information about this. But I have a feeling it's going to be the Broncos against the Seahawks in the opener. I have that feeling. I have too. a very, very strong feeling. I think a lot. I think a lot of us have. It's funny how like I've gotten I've gotten that indication. I know a couple other reporters have gotten that indication. And you've gotten that indication mm-hmm. that's going to be Seattle in week one. Okay. I mean, it's put it this way. Again, we don't know for sure, but it's a strong enough indication that my wife having some time off before that week, before that game, have we've already talked about, do we go out to Seattle a couple of days early and maybe do like a little long weekend before right. the game? That's That's how... That's how reasonable, that's how strong an indication I've gotten. Week one is always a big deal. I get it. But to have a storyline like that week one. Oh my gosh. It's a great storyline. I mean, everyone's going to be looking forward to the games. But now you have a great storyline. Well, here's the thing. The chances are that Seattle's not going to be very good, right? I mean. So if you, but what I'm saying is this. If you burn off, if you have Denver versus Seattle in week six, the Hawks might be. Two and three, or one and four. Very realistic that they could be that. If you have that game in week one, then you don't have, there's no chance for that game to decline in prominence. It doesn't matter the Seahawks are likely going to be a fourth place team. It's, they're zero and zero. And that first game, we've even seen it around here in some bad Broncos seasons. Those first few games, those first game, the first game or two. The crowd's pretty hyped, right? Yep. Okay? Because everyone's 0-0, zero and zero, and despite everything in the offseason, everyone's got hope. So Seattle, despite everything, their fans are going to have hope. They're, that's how you take that game and make it a spotlight game. I'm going to ask you this question tomorrow, especially if the Seahawks are first up on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Don't answer it now. Hmm. Let's, not, let's not burn our candle if we We're don't. We're going to talk about a lot of schedule tomorrow. Because odds are we will know. We're going to know all of it. Pretty much all of it. All we of did it. last year. Yeah. By the time we took, I already year. know a couple of things that are going on, yeah. but I've been told that I can't talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I already told you off air. Right. With that, um, <laughs> this is what I want you to think about. Yeah. If you were a Drew Lock detractor, do you want him to start game one, or do you want to see him be beat out by Geno Smith? Don't answer it. We'll talk about it tomorrow. With that, do you think <laughs> that's a whole segment right there? That's why. That's why I want to save for tomorrow. There's some deep psychological discussion we can have on this. Do you think Elway <laughs> would have engineered a Russell Wilson trade? No. Why? I think he would have tried. I think it would have leaked. Oh, it definitely would have leaked. That's it definitely would have leaked. I think it would have leaked. Like a fire hose. And it, it wouldn't and have been a leak. It would the, have been a fire and hose. And the leak would have basically been a moment, and this is possible. This is where you bring kind of that unknown factor into it, right? And the factor of, of public sentiment. It leaks. 
you get the reaction from the fans in Seattle. Outrage. And public pressure is you and then a phone call comes down from Jody Allen who who runs the Seahawks it replace taking the place of her late brother Paul Allen Jody Allen calls John Schneider and says you can't do this that's why I think it wouldn't have happened I'll give you another reason why I think I would have, would have asked for too much because he always likes his deals. Asked for two, or, or not been willing to give as much. Right. Yep. He would have wanted to hang. He would have nickel and dimed him. Yeah. He would have nickel and dimed John Schneider. I mean, it says a lot about what George Payton understood about, and we've talked about this earlier this week, uh, what George Payton understood about the value of a quarterback and, and how transformative it, that QB was. That the, the man who treasures draft picks more than pretty much anybody in the NFL was willing to part with two years of ones and twos. Right. Plus... Plus starters, plus well, two starters, yeah, and well, a and a quarterback a, 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 that who, who's going to be redundant, yeah, to to get to get that, and 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 one of those starters that they parted with, and we'll, we'll we'll get into this a little bit by parting with that starter, you might be left with the worst situation in the league at any position, at least at this moment, right. All right, coming up after the break, ESPN's Mike Clay loves his analytics, loves to dig into numbers, and he has. Exact projections on exactly what Russell Wilson is going to do this season. These are always fun. Yeah. So with that, do you agree with his projection? He also has his projections on wins and losses. He also talks projections about wide receivers. The question I have is, and you probably know this better than I do, how accurate is Mike Clay historically? Why don't you look that up? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my guy, Eric Cook, at Farmers Insurance. I've worked with Eric for well over five years. He does my auto. He does my home. He also does my health insurance as well. Great one-stop shopping. And I got to tell you something. I don't know any insurance agent that does health as well. Do it all with him. He is tremendous at what he does. His staff at Cook Insurance has over 70 years of experience. They know the right questions to ask to get you into the right policy. They follow up every year with you to make sure you are still in the right policy. I've worked with other insurance guys, specifically brokers. They do not do that. They just let it continue to roll over. They collect their commission checks. That's not the way Eric Cook works. Give him a call today, 303-790-8089. 303-790-8089. Time now for the buzz. 
The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. ESPN's Mike Clay, who loves to project out with stats, uh, has done it with Russell Wilson. He predicts, and this is not how he came, I don't know how he came up with these numbers. 343 completions, 542 attempts. He's going to pass for about 4,100 yards, 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. His quarterback rating is going to be 97, 288 rushing yards on 65 attempts, and two rushing touchdowns. I like the precision. It really is. Um, How he came up with these numbers, I have no idea. With that, if Wilson has this type of season, what do the Broncos do? They win nine or ten games. Oh, that's it. Nine games with that? <clears throat> you would think the touchdowns would be higher. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're hoping for is a four to one touchdown to interception ratio, not three to one. Right. Three to one is still pretty darn good. It's pr- it's pretty darn good. But, really good, actually. But Russ has had like he's had some years where he's been about like last year, I think it was twenty five to six. Right. Uh twenty twenty it was forty to thirteen, so a little over three to one. Um, so more interceptions, but more touchdowns. Um, by the way, I bef- before we impugn Mike Clay's projections, I'm I, not impugning. No, I know, but I'll tell you what. Like something interesting. I don't even know what impugn means. I was looking at some of his projections from last year, and they weren't all right. Okay, again, these are no. you're trying for estimates. He got Teddy Bridgewater's touchdown pass total right on the nose. How many interceptions did he have him with? Had him with nine. Missed that by three. It's pretty good. He got 18 touchdowns. He had Von Miller's sack total right on the nose. Nine That's, and a half. <laughs> wow. That's pretty impressive. Pretty impre- It's pretty impressive. Now, part of it is, if anything, based on kind of what you view in the offseason, he tends to underestimate, but he accounts for the injury risk. Accounts for, okay, you might miss some time. That, right. And they, they tend to be conservative. Um, Javante Williams, he, had a, he, he missed that by a bit because... He had Javante having more yards than Melvin, but at the same time, he had Javante Williams with 1,122 yards from scrimmage, and he had Melvin Gordon with 912. So he kind of, and, and he had them equal on touchdowns. So basically, he did have pegged that it was going to be pretty close to equal between the two. You put this question together for the show notes. Yeah. Before I say the Broncos are going to have nine or ten wins, mm-hmm. what did he say about what Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are going to do this year? Because that's what I want to know. That would give if these stats. Let's just let's just say they're a hundred percent accurate. Okay, what are these guys doing rushing the ball? If you're going to tell me that the two guys combine for eighteen hundred yards, they have more than nine wins. They have more than nine wins. All right, hang on, I'm. Uh... Can we get the uh, Jeopardy music, please? I'm, I'm efforting right now. Okay. Efforting. That's a the big file radio. is coming up. Yeah. Good radio. Denver Broncos. Terry Fry coaching. better be able to do this. I'm sure he can. All right. Javante Williams. We're talking about rushing or total yards from scrimmage? Rushing yards. Javante Williams, 988. Melvin Gordon, 612. So that's... Uh, it's about 1,600. That's 1,600 yards. So you have a 1,000-yard rusher and your backup is still doing pretty well. Yes, and then another receiving, 
354 for Javante Williams, 185 for Melvin Yeah, that, that, that's not really relevant to me because no, but I, he projects I, the wide receivers. Right, but I think that's interesting as well. I mean, if anything, I would have taken those numbers and said I could see the rushing dispersal being that way. I think I would flip the receiving. I think one, Russell, Russell Wilson is going to learn pretty quick just how good of a receiving back Melvin Gordon is. Oh, yeah. And I think he'll get back to the kind of receiving numbers he had when he was a Philip Rivers. Right. So, so. You, he projects the Broncos with 9.9 wins. I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> Did you know that was possible? I didn't know that was possible. It's, well, I mean, I What's think he over under? Is 10 9 a moral victory? I think so. Yes. That ha- but that's 10th best in the league, by the way. Again, tends to tends to kind of settle toward the middle on on these projections. Very much kind of an over-under. We've been talking about the over-under being, what, 10 and a half? Yep. 10. It's not that far off. Makes some sense. With a tough schedule. Right. Um, they, he actually goes as far as to have per- win probabilities for every game. Would you like to hear some of the win probabilities? I would love to hear win probabilities because nothing makes him more happy than to hear about win probability. The greatest win probability is Houston, 84%. The lowest one is uh, at the Rams. I, I think I said Las Vegas, but I got that wrong. It's at the Rams, 39%, the Christmas Day game. Right. Um, and then Kansas City is 41 At Kansas City, 41%. At the Los Angeles Chargers, 41%. At the Baltimore Ravens, 44%. And I, I would say on paper... Those are the four games that are going to be the toughest to win. Okay, on the Broncos' schedule. Okay, l- l- I'm going to I'm going to try and combine this. Okay. How many rushing yards do uh, Gordon and Javante have combined to the number? You got that? Uh, yeah, sixteen hundred. On the nose? Yes. Six- okay. If that is the case, yeah. Then when you compare it to last year, they will be the fifth worst rushing team in football. Well, I, you know what? Let me take that back. That's not true because I didn't include Russell Wilson in there. Give him 300 yards, that's 1,900 yards. But I yards, think, right? well, what, how do they compare to other teams, though? Because you throw, no, in, no, I understand you throw in what he projects to, for Mike Boone, and that's 1,651. So let's say 2,000 yards. That means they will do exactly what they did last year. Pretty much exactly what they did last year. 1,600, 288 for Russell Wilson. That's 1,888. Mm-hmm. Give Mike Boone 112 rushing yards, which I think he's capable of for the year. That puts him at 2,000 rushing yards, and the Broncos were 2025. Right? Okay. That's yeah. what they were last year. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to passing, when you when you look at those teams, passing yards per game... Uh, he had him at just a tick under 4,100. Is that right? And there were a few yards for uh, Brett Rippon as well. Here, I can actually get that for you here. Right. Um, Brett Rippon had 220 yards. So you had 4,000. And it's funny, he has 4,089 for Wilson, 220 for Rippon, and it's 4,310, which tells me that he had 4,089 point like three and 220 point so basically so basically what he's saying when you compare it to last year the Broncos offense yardage wise will be dead in the middle of the pack 
What's Get in, it. Because what's interesting is his positional rankings on Bronco players on offense. Mm-hmm. Quarterback nine, right? Running back fifteen, wide receiver thirteen, tight end thirty, offensive line thirteen. Now obviously quarterback is going to be weighted a little heavier, but that is middle tier. They're right balance. They're right in the middle. I mean, maybe a little bit above middle. If you, if again, if you put more weight on quarterback, and and when he and in his methodology, mm-hmm. when he evaluates roster overall roster strength, yep, quarterback I believe is about thirty two percent. So, added up passing yards for Rippin and Wilson comes out to what? Uh, four thousand uh, three hundred and ten. Okay, so that means. That they, but then you have 294, uh, or, or, or pardon me, oh, it doesn't have sack, or, or there, does it have sack yards? It doesn't have sack yards on here. Okay. okay. With that, if you're looking at 4,300 yards, that's basically the same number last year as the combo of Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance mm-hmm. and Lamar Jackson. And that th- th- those are your two metrics. That's where they will finish in terms of passing. With Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, and Lamar Jackson, who is not a prolific passer. And then as far as running the ball, they will be right in the middle of the pack. So he doesn't think much of the Broncos' offense. That's what I'm reading. And and that's going to be their strength. Or it's possible that he's thinking that maybe Russell Wilson isn't all that, because if you you take Russell Wilson's 3,113 yards and extrapolate that, and that, that was over 14 games last year. He mm-hmm. 31-13 over 14 games. That's 222.4 per game, and extrapolate that, let's just say over 16, because he's kind of got Brett Rippon playing the equivalent of a game, and that'd be 3,558 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, also worth noting that um, the yardage total that he has for Russell Wilson on his own is 4,089. And over the course of his career, that would be the, the fourth highest in 11 seasons. Right. All right. There's, I think there's a method to his madness, but it's right. based on overall trends, not an outlier. All right. So we got we to gotta bust through this real quick. He ranks by position. Mm-hmm. Quarterback, number nine. Got a big problem with that? I think it could be a little bit higher, okay. but he's, Russ is in that six to ten range. We, we got we to buzz yeah, through this. Yeah. Running back, 15th. Should be higher. I think it should be, too. Wide receiver, 13th. Can't argue with that. They're not proven. You could even argue a little bit lower. Tight end, 30th. Can't argue with that. Me either. Offensive line, 13th. It's about right. Maybe it's a little high. I agree. Interior defensive line. 21. I think it'll end up a bit higher because of DJ Jones. That's exactly what I was going to say. Edge rusher, 19. Perfectly fair. We just talked about this being the uh, the worst uh, edge, set of edges in the division. Not bad, but not great. Inside linebacker, 17. Mm, yeah. Yeah, as much as I like Josie Jewell. Yeah. Right. Cornerback, 9. And that is, that, that is absolutely uh, pulled up because of Pat Sertan. Right, but you don't have it, but Cornerback one, two, three. Everybody is at least mid 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 tier starter, right? I mean, yep. Darby's probably fifteenth or sixteenth as a number two corner. 
So that I think maybe they could even be a little bit higher than that. Safety seven. I'd have them a little higher because of <clears throat> because of Simmons. But what you, you Kareem Jackson's not bad. Kareem Jackson. Do you think he's going to be starting? I think in the end he's going to hold off Stearns to start. Yes. You think? Yes. Okay. I know people that don't agree with me on that, but I K K Jack is a real He's a gamer. He's a he's a gamer and he's a real savvy, wily kind of player. I think he's gonna wily. end up starting. Crafty. Yes, he is. He's he 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 is over the course of his career, he has become a crafty player. Yeah. Coming up after the break, Hollywood's about to make another movie on another coach. Great for Hollywood. Who is it going to be? And we'll tell you who's going to play this guy. And I think that's a perfect cast, meaning the guy who is being portrayed. I love the guy who's playing him. We'll talk about it next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Wild thing, I think I love you. But I want to know for sure. Come on, hold me tight. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. You're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale. Go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. Okay, Mace, the late Jim Valvano, known for leading North Carolina State on an unbelievable run to the 1983 NCAA championship, will be the subject of a film that is currently in development. Ray Romano, you remember him from Everybody Loves Raymond, is going to play Valvano, serve as one of the producers. Among the executive producers will be members of Valvano's family. As I sneeze. Gesundheit. Excuse me. Go on. You don't, you, don't have, you don't have COVID, do you? I do. So Why, why, why am I sitting here with you, though? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I put the chum on the hook, and you always just grab onto it. Uh, does the direct involvement of the family make you more or less likely to see it as it could be sanitized? Mm. A little bit less. I mean, I'm kind of, now again, it's a the Valvano story is a great story. I'll I'll probably watch this regardless because I'm a college basketball fan. Right. Um, I do sometimes. I think the thing that happens if you have a direct involvement of family or friends is you kind of get um a little bit a little bit of a whitewashing a little bit, right? Oh, and things We've also seen this in bio in in, in bio. I mean. Even like uh, the, the Michael Jordan thing is a perfect example Jordan, of how he whitewashed days. all his womanizing and gambling. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, with a uh, you know Rami Malek deservedly won an Oscar for playing Freddie Mercury, right? But they definitely glossed over a few things. Well, they made it pretty clear yeah, of his sexual escapades. 
They kind of you, you got the idea. You got the idea, but they definitely did. They definitely kind of soft pedaled a, a little bit of it. You know, really? You think they soft pedaled it? Just a little bit. I yes. think you got the, the idea. story. The stories that are out there are wild, right? <laughs> yes. Well, but we, they were trying to keep it. I think they were also trying to keep it PG thirteen. Well, I don't yeah. know if it's PG thirteen. When you see a living room that has about twenty five half naked guys lying all over the room, I think you get the picture. Don't you? That's not PG thirteen. That was a PG thirteen movie, though. I understand. That. Yeah, I don't think it was like exactly like but you, you were under- describing in the movie. But you know. no, no, th- there is a scene. I know, I know the scene you're talking about. I don't think it was like to that degree. Like- and they showed all the drugs, and they showed everything. Okay. You got the idea. You got the idea. You got the idea. Listen, I don't know Jim Valvano's background. I don't know if he was a womanizer. I don't know if he was a guy who literally berated people like a Bob Knight. We do know that there was some NCAA trouble going on toward the end of his time as a coach. Well, now that being said, there's two sides to that story, right? You know, well, like, we'll see how it's portrayed. And I think, and I think, the side, this, I think it's, it will be fair to present present both sides to it because in the end, there was enough to basically, unfortunately, for NC State, force him out of a job because I mean the reality is North North Carolina State's never replaced him. Right. In 32 years since they let him go, they should have probably. I mean, they probably should have stuck by him. Right. In retrospect, and maybe that's something they make clear in the movie. I, I'd like to actually see a little bit of that. Is there a guy or a gal that you would like to see a movie about? Athlete, coach, whoever. Mm. I, I would. There's one. It's actually right there in the background. I admit I'm kind of biased here. Yeah. I would like to see a picture, uh, something on Dean Smith, but I'd like to focus on his efforts in, in integrating Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Okay. When he was an assistant coach, and he, it was in the late 1950s, and he literally, and a friend of his was a seminary student who was uh, was black. Yep. And they walked into a restaurant and got in, but like the backstory behind it, walked into a restaurant, got seated and basically integrated a college town in the South. Right. Just like that. Something, a story, something different. Like if you are focusing on, on a, a figure in athletics, but kind of focusing on like a, like a singular moment, a singular social moment. Um, I, I would be, I'll tell you what, down the line, I'd be interested in a Colin Kaepernick movie. Yeah, that could work. Um, I would be. Uh, I mean, we used to we we've talked about the Kurt Warner movie that happened, uh, American Underdog. I'll tell you what, I'd like to see. Yeah, but I don't know if I want his involvement in it. Yeah, is Bob Knight? That's a guy who had a complicated life. ESPN tried that once, didn't they? Try to do like a a film version of a season on the brink. I don't know, they had they? Brian Dennehy playing the role of Bob Knight. Oh, really? I don't I um, remember seeing that. I think there's something there, though. Oh, yeah. In a Bob Knight film. Right. Almost like... And I think there's, you could have an interesting device for telling the story of Bob Knight. Almost like... Because he's he's still with us on this earth, but he's not in he's not in good health right now, um, and uh, almost like I, I don't know. Did you ever? It was. Did you ever see the uh, film that was based on uh, the uh, the life of um, Andy Kaufman? 
man the moon yes and part of the device was like andy kind of from the afterlife introducing his life right right that sort of device i think would be interesting with bob knight down the line when he's pat when he's passed on as a you know looking back and yeah you'd be kind of con- you'd be kind of connecting some dots but like what did he feel he did right and what did he in his heart of heart regret right um I don't think there's been a more complex figure in the last 50 years of, of American sport than Bob Knight. I agree. That's why I'd like to see yeah. a unvarnished yeah. account of his life. And, that, and, and the key is unvarnished. Now, unvarnished does not mean ignoring the good that he did. He did a lot of good. But it, but it's, With Landon Turner? Are yeah, you kidding me? It, but it's the existential question, do the end justify the means? Right. And that's why Bob Knight, that would probably make for an, a very... A very marketable movie on that level do the ends it's he is the ultimate example that i've seen in my lifetime of asking do the ends justify the means right um i mean pure success doesn't make for a very interesting film right you want to have overcoming something you want to have or something or, or something is socially relevant well it's funny because his career does not end on a high no his career is a slow decline mm-hmm. yeah I, he ends up coaching at texas tech right he not a bad coach i believe they i mean they they went to the tournament more often than not he did it right. but one of the greatest coaches of all time coaching out his his golden years in lubbock texas and right. he stayed in lubbock after he retired for a while and eventually went back to indiana i mean i believe there was like his name popped up once with some incident in a salad bar at a grocery store in Lubbock. Really? Yes. Like, there were some weird, there were some weird things that he was a, a part of, but <laughs> it was that would be. I, I can't. I. I can't. Honestly, I, I. go through my mental rolodex. I'm not sure that there is a, a more complex figure could be worthy of a right. film treatment than Bob Knight. I agree. All right, what do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? It's been a big 24 hours in baseball, as last night there was a no-hitter thrown, and today a player hit for the cycle. We'll talk about that. And a special surprise in Sombor as well after the break right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Hawk. 
Just In Case You Missed It, is presented by Argonaut Wine & Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, LA Angels rookie Reed Detmers pitched a no-hitter last night in a 12-0 win over the Tampa Bay Rays. It's the MLB's second no-hitter of the season. Five New York Mets pitchers combined for the first no-hitter against the Phillies back on April 29th. At 22, Detmers is the youngest pitcher to throw a no-hitter since Anibal Sanchez in 2006 for the Marlins. Do you guys think it would be cooler as a pitcher to throw that no-hitter as a rookie or be in your final season on a farewell tour, so to speak, wow. and throw one then? It's a great question. I'll I think, let you start. I think the farewell tour. I mean, you talk about like going, basically kind of going out with a bang. Um, I mean, didn't they make a movie about this sort of thing? That, that wasn't that one of it was one of Ken, Kevin Costner's baseball movies for the love of the game, I believe it was. He made way too many baseball movies. Well, he it was his wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, if it if it works, stick with it, right? Right. But yeah, that was like he plays a an aging Detroit Tigers picture in his last game, throws a loses a perfect game, but th- but throws a no hitter and. Uh, and retires right after that and follows his girlfriend to London. You know how right. things work. Just in case you missed it a short while ago, the MVP trophy presentation, uh, Nikola Jokic was over at his stables in Serbia receiving the award. And here's a little something that he said after uh, they gave it to him. I mean... There is no way that I, I will come to NBA and play basketball, you know, from this city and from from this table, basically. And then now I'm playing I'm playing basketball in the best league in in in, in the world. Your reaction to Nikola Jokic appreciating uh, how far he's come and the against all odds story of the most recent back to back MVP. You know what? He's a he's a guy you can make a movie about. Yeah, he'd be a great subject for a movie. I don't know who would play him. I don't know if anybody is. I don't know how many actors are at least six foot eight. I mean, they found actors to play the roles in um, Winning Time about the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm sure they could find somebody to play the role. No, somewhere out there. No, you might have to. Might take some creative casting and some creative camera angles as well. It would. That would be an unbelievable biopic, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, you, you start off the movie with a, a pair of two-liter bottles of Diet Coke. And he's drinking both of them. That's Not how Diet he started. Coke, it was regular Coke. It was a regular Coke? I think it was regular Coke, right? That he was drinking? Yeah. Yeah, I've only <laughs> ever heard regular Coke. Yeah, but. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> we, we talk about Kurt Warner being one of the greatest comeback stories of all time. Maybe the greatest comeback story of all time. Jokic isn't a comeback story, but he is a rags-to-riches story like very few in sports history. A guy who wasn't highly thought of when he got to the league, he wasn't highly thought of. And boom, look at where he is now. I mean, when you think across the landscape of all sports, how many guys or gals can you think of that were so incredibly looked over to now accomplish what he has accomplished? I don't know if there's anybody I can think of off the top of my head. Well, being a second-round pick in the NBA on top of everything else, I mean, a second-round pick is like being 
I mean, he's basically the Tom in terms of accomplishment. He is. He's the Tom Brady of the NBA. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. That's a fantastic way to put it because it's true. Yeah. You're a sixth round, late sixth rounder in the NFL. You're a second. That's like being that's like being a second round NBA pick. Right. Nothing is expected of you. I mean, we we are remind now we're reminded even more of it with NIL that you have an armada of guys who are coming back to college basketball because they're second round picks. I mean, you might as well be a non entity right. if you're a second round pick. He's got and from that from that he's a two time MVP. I mean, I think you can say with some certainty. He is the greatest second-round pick in the history of the NBA. No doubt. No doubt. Not, not just the Nuggets, the entire association. Just in case you missed it, Brewers' Christian Yelich became the sixth player in MLB history to hit for the cycle three times in his career. All three have come against the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, the historic mark came in a 14-11 loss to Cincinnati. The first game this season in MLB, a team lost when scoring 10 or more runs. Uh, last couple of cycles for the Rockies, Charlie Blackman back in 2018 and Arenado in 2017. Uh, will a Rockies player hit for the cycle this year? By the way, I just want to cut in before I answer that. I just got a text from Mandy. She's on a business trip right now. Uh and she's in Nashville, Smashville, as they call it out there. And, honey, I want to let you know that in between breaks, I'm working on this Duran Duran trip. With that, go ahead. All right. Hitting for the cycle. Uh, we can just go for the previous uh, five seasons. In the previous five seasons, it has happened uh, It happened 32 times, and then it happened uh, for Christian Yelich. The odds aren't in favor of the Rockies having a guy who hits for the cycle this year. I'll say no. What do you think is more impressive? What's more impressive than the cycle? Perfect game. What's more impressive, the cycle or a no-hitter? Because we've seen so many no-hitters. There are actually more no-hitters than hitting for the cycle. That's my point. Um... But then you have the perfect game, and then be then on another level, like as perfect game is the the unassisted triple play, which happened, and it happened in 07. Troy right. Tulowitzki did it right. And the thing that bothers me is it was against the Braves, and it was a game that I would have been at if the draft had not been on that day, and I had to work the draft. Right. So I missed an unassisted triple play because I had to do the stinking draft. Unbelievable. I'm still mad about that. Mad. Yes. It's a, it's a very strong emotion. Well, it's one of those things that I, I mean, I wind don't have them any, up, Danny. Just yeah, wind them yeah, up. Yeah. I, I wanted to see it. I mean, I've seen two no hitters. I yep. doubt I'll ever see a perfect game. I'm happy. I saw it. I'm lucky and fortunate that I've seen two no hitters, but I want to see someone hit for the cycle and I want to see it on assisted triple play and I want to see a perfect game. I doubt that I'll see any of them. I want it now, daddy. I didn't say I it. want it now. Oh, come on. That's not the way I sounded at all. I want it now. I didn't say that. I want it now. Why are, that was Argonaut Wine why and Liquor. Why are you doing that? That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. Argonaut has great specials all the time. Here are a few bubbles and boxes. 15% off. Don't forget, Argonaut delivers. All deliveries over 100 bucks are free. Stop by Argonaut today for Colfax or check them out online. Work in the city? Stop by Argonaut. Go home. Just don't have an open bottle of liquor. If you... If you live in the city, just go pick something up and take it home. That's going to do it for us. Alex, you were fantastic today. I mean, this was your best show all day. 
only show all day, but the best one. Danny, you were fantastic. Same with you, Mace. I want it now. Make it the best possible night you can. And whatever happened, the Tuesday and so slow, gone down the old man with a 